Welcome to episode two of the Female Firesides podcast. My name is Emily Brandenburg, and I am your host and owner of EB Design Agency. Thank you so much for being here and listening to this episode today. Uh, I have a very special guest today, as I say every single week, because all of these women are just so amazing. Um, I have Shaneri today, who is a very new friend, um, but one I feel like we will just be friends forever. Um, and she is going to share with us her journey into entrepreneurship and all the wonderful, amazing things that she does. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to do this. So much fun. So obviously we are like brand new friends. So I've just kind of, you know, been introduced into your world a little bit. Um, but kind of before we get started, I usually do three kind of fun icebreaker questions if you're down. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. So the first one I usually ask is how long would you last in a zombie apocalypse? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I like my chances. I like my chances with, you know, um, with the right resources, you know, give me some weapons to defend myself. Let me understand, you know, do they only come out at night? You know, are they daytime zombies? <laughs> like what's going on with the food situation? But I, I, I'm, I'm taking my, my chances to survive a little bit. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. You know, I ask the same three questions every single time and the answers are always just so <laughs> funny. I mean, there are some women who are like, oh, I would last about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then others are like, no, I will be here till the end. <laughs> right. I will have to credit my ex-boyfriends for sort of preparing me mentally for these things. Um, you know, like letting me know, like, you know, you need these meal replacement bars and like certain things you need to have on hand. And not that I have them yet, but they're in the works. I'm yeah. getting prepared. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Question number two, what was a fashion trend that you used to totally rock that you would be completely embarrassed by now? Oh, wow. Um, so I'm not really trendy when it comes to fashion. Um, but if there was one, probably the acid wash jeans, <laughs> we all wore them and I know they're trying to make a comeback and I'm like, absolutely no, never, no, not doing it. Nope. Mm -mm. I survived the eighties. We're not doing that shit again. Sorry. <laughs> mm -mm. Oh my gosh. I love it. Uh, okay. <laughs> Last question. Uh, who was your like adolescent actor or actress crush? Blair Underwood. Okay. Blair Very Underwood when he was on LA Law. Um, so much so that I decided to be a lawyer from watching <laughs> that show and mostly because of Blair. I was like, oh, if I'm a lawyer, I can meet someone like him. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> that's how, yeah, that's how my interest in law began. Mm -hmm. Oh, that is yeah. so funny. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, so if Blair ever sees this interview, yeah. <laughs> well thank you so much for playing along with those there are always so much fun, fun to ask um okay so let's just dive right in um I would love to know you know what your business is about but like why why you started your business kind of where that came from how long you've been in business all of the good juicy stuff 
Okay. So it's interesting. I never anticipated being an entrepreneur. Oh, wow. Actually quite the opposite. Um, so I remember telling, you know, friends and my ex-boyfriend, I'm a worker bee. I have no desire to want to create my own income. And that was, you know, that was how I felt for a very long time. And so I was a corporate person. I had, um, I was a project manager for financial banks on Wall Street. I lived in New York City at the time. And um, I'd gotten to a point in my career that I was just uninterested in what we were doing. And it wasn't fulfilling, right? It wasn't fulfilling on like a personal level. Um, I realized that all the work that I was doing was really just kind of making rich people already more rich. And it wasn't helping the people that I really wanted to help. Um, And some of the decisions that the bank would make, I was like, but that's not customer friendly. Like, you know, not everybody has thousands of dollars who sit in the bank. You know, some people are living paycheck to paycheck and like, can't we be nicer? And, you know, I was always a lone voice in that room, like advocating for, you know, can we keep Spanish statements? Because a lot of people don't speak English. And I understand there's a cost associated, but it's a nice thing to do. So people can understand their legal document, which is what a statement is. Um, And so I just realized like, there was gotta be a better way for me to use my skills, right? Um, And at the time when I originally started working in corporate, I always wanted to go to law school. That had always been the plan. I was a political science major in college, um, moved to New York City right after college with the idea that I was going to eventually go to law school. So when I turned 30, I took the LSAT and no idea what happened, but I literally walked out of the testing room and a voice in my head said, and we're not going to law school. (laughs) And I was just like, what? And it was like, yeah, you don't really want to be a lawyer. You just want to go to law school because I'm a nerd, right? I love education. I love to keep learning. And law was very interesting. Um, And I had to get honest with myself, like you live in New York City, you're not leaving. I had just gotten there, you know, not that long ago and I wasn't prepared to leave. And like the law schools in New York City are not cheap. Yeah. Like, are you really about to take on like another 80 to $100,000 in debt for a degree that you're not going to use because you don't really want to be a lawyer? And it was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And so that was the end of going to law school. So then it was like, okay, well, now you're 30 what are you going to do with yourself? And, you know, I studied for the, I started to study for the GMAT. So I was like, oh, well then I'll just go get my master's in something and I'll be a, oh, sorry, GMAT is for business school. Everybody was going to business school. So I was like, well, maybe I'll do that. Yeah. I was studying for the GMAT and was like, "Mm, no, don't want to do that. (laughs) Then I decided, well, maybe I'll be a professor, right? Because I love to teach. I love education. I love academia. So start studying for the GRE. And was like, mm, nope, that didn't feel right either. <laughs> yeah. And around that time, I started to get um, symptoms that I hadn't had before, like um, bloating and extreme fatigue. And I'd be in meetings at work and like just break out in hives, like just crazy so I'm sitting in you know a corporate meeting and I'm like itching but trying not to look like I have some disease going on <laughs> I'm like, what is going on um 
And then as the years went by, it just got worse and worse. And so then I started working from home and um, I had hired, I was so confused about my career that I I ended up hiring a Tony Robbins coach to help me figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And um, so I was working with her. I was working from home. I was exhausted all the time and I had gotten into cooking. Oh, fun. My entire DVR was full of all the cooking shows. Oh, and I love Proud, it. Yada, um, Ina, the Ina Cortez, I think, what's her yep. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, all the cooking, Rachel Ray, all That's the chefs cool. who like actually made food on TV. This is before they did all these like reality shows and stuff like that yeah. on the cooking channel. Yeah. And I started to get into cooking. So I thought, well, maybe I'll open up a food truck. So I was going with that idea. I was like, okay, it's going to be something to do with food and nutrition. And um, that was the plan for a little while. And then the more I talked to people who like were chefs and like own food trucks, I was like, oh, wait a minute, you got to work all those hours? (laughs) I I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's me. Mm -mm. I don't think that's, I don't think that's going to be it. No. Um, And so that was really just kind of lost. And then um, as fate would have it, I met someone who was a health coach. And I'm like, what's that? I was like, what do you do? So she, you know, explained to me what she did. And in the meantime, because I had been gaining weight and I had never been a person to carry a lot of weight and the things that I had normally done to lose the weight weren't working. So like, you know, dieting for two weeks used to, you know, I could drop five, 10 pounds in like two weeks from just like not eating this and not eating that and doing a little bit of exercise. And like, that wasn't helping. And so, um, I, you know, by that time I was like working out like crazy and I was trying all these different diets and like any taking tons of supplements to like have energy because I was just exhausted all of the time. And my doctors kept saying, everything is fine. We don't know what's going on. Everything is fine. Your thyroid is fine. This is fine. That is normal. And I'm like, but I'm exhausted. And I was having hot flashes at like 33. That's not normal. Right. Um, so eventually I went to, I joined the, um, Institute for Integrative Nutrition, because I figured whatever was going on with me, food is probably part of the solution. And I just, you know, didn't really know how to eat healthy. Um, And so, and they also had a component of the program where they would teach you how to build a health coaching business. And I still wasn't interested in becoming a health coach. I was like, I'm just going to go learn what I need to learn so that I can get better. And then, you know, maybe share some information with my family, my friends or whatever. Sure. And so about, it was a year long program, six months into the program, um, my job, I was still working at the bank at the time and we were working on like a $3 billion project. Um, and they had decided they wanted to escalate the timeline for this project. And to do so, they were going to start requiring, requiring us to travel back and forth to like Singapore or to Jacksonville. Wow. Where there would be like two weeks of these all day on-site meetings with managers walking around and micromanaging everything you do. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to start this health coaching business because I need out of here. I'm not doing this. Yeah. Um, and so that was like December, 2015. Okay. And by January, I had hired a business coach. So the woman that had introduced me into health coaching, ah. I called her and was like, 
do you mentor new coaches like how to start? And she was like, yeah, she was like, I've had a couple of people reach out to me. So yeah, if you want to get started. And I was like, yes, please. Like, you know, as soon as possible. And that's kind of how I started my coaching business. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. I, <laughs> I'm like, like I'm hearing your story and I'm like, oh my gosh. Cause I like you and I have had such similar paths. Like I also worked in the corporate world mm-hmm. and I started having symptoms. Like I, there are times I would speak to a certain person and I would break out in hives. <laughs> I would get all, and I'm like, what is happening? It was so embarrassing. Like right. I would see splotches, these big red splotches all over and people would be like, all are over. you okay? And I'm just like, don't look at me. Right. <laughs> Exactly. I was lucky. I never got them on my face, but they would be on my arms, on my torso, on my legs. I don't know why they never popped out on my face, but thank God they didn't. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of worse because no one could see them. And yeah. so you're like scratching all the time and they don't know why you're scratching all the time because they don't see anything. And I'm like, right. oh my gosh, I don't know what happened. I don't know where they came from. Isn't and they just it- like went away eventually. Yeah. Isn't it wild how our bodies will have a physical reaction when we are like going down the wrong path, when we are not doing what our true purpose is? Like, it is so unreal to me. It's like sometimes, you know, we like the same with you, you know, you were having all these symptoms and these signs, you, you were just massively exhausted all the time, but it's like, you didn't know, you knew something needed to change, but you didn't know what yet but you started exploring it. Yep. I just literally, I like to say, like, I just follow the breadcrumbs, right? Um, And that's sort of how I've done most. Like I decided to go to college in Atlanta, literally on a whim. I woke up one morning, I was, you know, from Syracuse, New York. It's always cold and snowy and, you know, gray. (laughs) And I had all of my applications back in the day when you had paper applications that you had to mail on like big old packets. Now is online. That was not the case in the nineties when I went to college. (laughs) Um, And so I had all these packets ready to be mailed out to like Buffalo and Rochester and Albany and SU and a couple other schools. Mm -hmm. And I did have like two schools in Atlanta that I was going to apply to. And um, I woke up one morning and like the forecast was like, you know, three feet of snow and it was going to be like negative 20 with the wind chill factor. And I literally threw them all in the garbage, except for the two that for the schools in Atlanta. And I went downstairs and told my parents, well, I'm applying to two schools. They're both in Atlanta. If I don't get in, I don't know what to tell you. And they were like, what the hell is going on? I was like, I'm not doing this weather done not doing it it was literally just a whim even moving to New York City after college I had planned to move to DC because one of my best friends had moved to Washington DC so I was like I graduate in a couple months you know I'll be there like a month after I graduate in the meantime one of my other friends called me who was living in New York City she was living in Brooklyn and she goes the apartment upstairs for me is about to be empty in another week or two. I already spoke to the landlord. I already negotiated your rent. You're all good. You can move in anytime after September 1st. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not moving to New York City. Like, it seems so crazy. I'm like, I'm not moving to New York City, I'm moving to DC. And we like talked for like 10 minutes. And finally she said to me, come on, Shanary, <laughs> DC or New York City. And I was like, okay, you're right. I'm moving to New York city. And like, I made the decision in 15 minutes. And then I called my mom and my dad always and was like, so 
I'm going to move to New York City. I have an apartment. I don't have a job yet. I have an apartment. And I need $1,500 for my security deposit and my first month's rent. Y'all got that? And they were like, what? What are you talking about? Oh my gosh. And that's how I ended up in New York City. You know, I think that speaks volumes about you though, because you listen to your intuition and you listen to that inner knowing. Cause I feel like so many times we stifle that, right? You no, know, the things that we desire, the things that we want to go after, we talk ourselves out of it. Women are masters of like talking oh, yeah. ourselves out of things. 100%. So I think that's, that's so amazing that, you know, you were just like, no, I'm just, I'm going for it. And just to be open enough to entertain those kinds of ideas. Cause imagine what would have happened if you didn't move right. to I can't even imagine. I really can't. Um, yeah, I mean, so much of my growing up was in New York City. I can't imagine what that would be like, what those years would have been like in yeah. some other place. I'm sure they would have been fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, living in New York City was, I can't even say it was a dream come true because I hadn't really ever dreamed of living there. Um, but it was a great experience that I would not trade for anything. I don't want to live back there. That's for sure. I'm <laughs> over it at this point. Um, but I'm glad I had that experience. And it's funny. I didn't even recognize it at the time as me listening to my intuition. It was just, hmm, yeah, I want to do that. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Why not? You know, I'm young. What's the worst that can happen? If I don't like it, I'll go somewhere else. Yeah. Like that's always just sort of been my attitude about decisions. Like, well, can't really be that wrong. You know, worst case, I'll find out that I made a bad decision and I'll just make another one. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Like it's such a like simplistic, like theory behind that. It's like, okay, so you make this decision doesn't work out. Okay. Oh, well you make another decision. Like that's, right. yeah, no, I love that. Yeah. That I mean, and I get that, you know, I don't have kids not married. So I didn't have, you know, other people to consider in my decision-making. Yeah. Um, but honestly, even if I did have a kid, guess what? We're leaving in a couple months. <laughs> you know, I might have to stick it out to the end of the school year or whatever, but yeah. mama's not going to be where she's not happy. Yeah. That's so, I mean, yeah, I would have just, even with a kid, I would have been like, well, this didn't work out. Let's go somewhere else. Yeah. No, I know. I know. Yeah. I, I have a lot of mom friends. I am also not a mom, but um, I know a lot who are always like, oh, we can't do that because of the kids or X, Y, Z. But then I know a lot of moms who are like, no, actually we're doing it. I know digital nomads who are parents and they're like, oh yeah, we just take our kids with us. Like, it's great. Um, right. <laughs> military people do it all the time. Military wives with kids do it all the time. And maybe that's where it comes from because my grandfather was a military, was an Air Force person. So my mom lived all over the place. Awesome. So, you know, she would have been totally supportive. Like, yeah, go. Yeah. You and a kid go, you know, wherever you want to go. Cause that's how she lived and she loved it. Um, so yeah, I've always just kind of like, whatever feels good. Um, yeah. and now I recognize this intuition and now I actually make decisions from that place, you know, mm -hmm. whereas before it was just sort of on a whim. Yeah. Um, but now it's like, mm, if I get invited to go out to brunch, I'm like, mm, what does my body say about that? Oh, yeah. It's been like, no, I love that. It, can you imagine how much more taken care of we would feel if that was what we asked ourselves to everything. Everything. How does my body feel about this? Mm -hmm. 
even something as small as like, you know, having a phone call with a friend or picking up the phone to call a friend or something, like even something as small as that. Yep. How, how would that change our world if that, if we started off by asking ourselves that question? I can't even tell you how the more conscious I become with respect to before I make a commitment to something, just like checking in to see if it's, am I making this commitment because it's what I really want? Or am I doing it because someone expects me to or somebody, or because I want to be seen as being nice or, you know, like just sort of going through the list of like, is this what I really want? Does this really serve me in some kind of way? Or am I trying to, you know, fulfill some other role that really isn't mine? And it's been a huge change. And yeah. I'm definitely not going back. <laughs> I, I love that. Going back. I mean, and it, you know, I was just talking to my partner about this this morning and like, I come from a long line of family obligations <laughs> and, you know, doesn't matter what you want. Your needs don't matter, particularly if you're a woman. What matters is doing what XYZ wants you to do because that's what you do in this family kind of a thing. And I was thinking about my mom because she was like, she passed away in 2017 to breast Mm -hmm. cancer and she, her whole life, like she was only 65 when she died and her whole life was all about living for other people. And she never got a chance to live for herself. Right. Like that will never be. (laughs) Right. It may come across as selfish, but I'm I'm okay okay. with that. (laughs) Totally okay with that. It's like- Um, yeah, I just can't live my life for other people because like I I have like I I answer to myself, you know, and, and if I'm not making myself happy because I'm the only one responsible for my happiness. Absolutely. I, I've got to put that first. I can't deny myself the things I want to do or, or what I want to achieve in life just yeah. to make somebody else happy. What kind of a life is that? Not not a good one. Not one that's filled with joy and peace. I can tell you that for sure. I mean, I was a massive piece of people pleaser for a really long time, um, especially in my, you know, relationships mm-hmm. and um, in the family, you know, I'm the oldest, I have a younger sister. Um, and so there's this, you know, idea that I'm the responsible one. I had all these roles that I played in the family. I'm the responsible one. I'm, you know, the solid one, the stable one, the reliable one. And so going out on this entrepreneurial mm-hmm. leg where, you know, money wasn't as consistent. You know, I made more, I had made more money in my career than both my parents had made in their career. Sure. Um, and so like, you know, whenever something came up, I was always there to help out, chip in, whatever. And then when I became an entrepreneur, it was like, yeah, no, I don't have money. Like I used to right now I'm working on it, but it's not here yet. And, you know, it was a bit of a shift for the family to be like, oh yeah, we can't ask her right now. (laughs) No, you can't. You guys have to figure that out for yourself. But it did give me the space to, to your point, put me first, put what I wanted first and, you know, them figure out their own stuff in a lot of ways it's been great yeah yeah no that's amazing so okay so you started you said that was you left your job was it 2016 so I finally so I started my health coaching business in 2015 um I was working and by the end of by December 2016 I the project that I was working on for the bank was finally over and um they were doing layoffs Mm -hmm. and 
you know, you have the opportunity to look for another position inside the bank. And I had decided that I wasn't going to look for another position, that I was going to take my layoff package and focus on my business full time. Mm-hmm. And at the time, my mom, my boyfriend at the time, some of my close friends were like, are you sure? <laughs> you sure this is real different, you know, only having income from your business to support you. And I was still living in New York city. So my rent was like $2,000 a month. I had an Audi Q5, you know, I had lots of expenses. Um, and to be honest, when I quit working full-time, my business was not in a position to financially support me, but I didn't care. I'm hard-headed that way. (laughs) I didn't I was like, I'll figure it out. Um, and I always said like worst case scenario, I'll end up filing bankruptcy and, you know, figuring it out from there. And, you know, I did file bankruptcy. (laughs) It happened. And then when it happened, it was like, oh, well, you know, that was the worst case scenario. I'm still standing, you know, I bounced back. Um, but yeah, so I started working full-time in my business in 20, like January, 2017. Okay. Um, and it's been good. It's been, it's been a journey. Let's just say. It is a journey. Very it much. Is. It's, you know, we are like, I mean, I think this is probably the first time in the history of the world where like, we can start our own businesses so easily online. Mm-hmm. Yes. Obviously the internet has not been in existence for a long time, but it just, you know, just, it's just wild to me. Like, how we're trained to think that, you know, okay, you graduate high school, you go to college, um, you probably maybe meet someone in college and you graduate college and then you get married and then you buy a house with a white picket fence and then you have the babies and then, you know, and whenever (laughs) someone goes against that, the first thing the people in our lives are like, wait, what? (laughs) You're doing what? Right. I mean, I still remember because like I was five years old. I had found a like Indian relic in the creek in my backyard. It was like an arrowhead. And I was like, I'm going to be an archaeologist. I went to school for anthropology and classics. Like I actually have, and I, I, I work a lot in the antiques world. So like, I feel like I still have dipped my toes in history a little bit. But like, I remember telling my family that I wanted to be an archaeologist and growing up, that's all I ever wanted to be. I mean, like a little girl in the eighties saying that, you know what I mean? And literally all of the women, cause I was the first career woman in the history of my family. Mm. And you know, a couple of them had jobs, mm-hmm. but they were not, they were not careers. Like the jobs right. were like a necessary thing, but they were like, no, you, you need to have babies. And if you don't want them, you need to hold other people's babies until you do want them. Right. And I was like, what? Why am I not allowed to want a life that's a, that's different? Right. Why is that not okay? Right. No, I remember, I mean, all growing up, um, all my friends wanted to get married and have kids. And I remember I told my mom the story just the other day we were standing. So our best friends lived next door to us and then it was our driveway and then it was our house. And I remember we were outside, we were standing in our driveway and we were looking at, I was looking at both houses and all my friends and my sister were talking about how they couldn't wait to get married and how they wanted three kids or four kids or two kids or whatever. And they were like, what about you? And I was like, yeah, I don't want any kids. I'm good. And they were all like, what? You don't want kids. What's wrong with you? And I was like, eh, I just, 
mm, I just don't feel like I want kids. I was like, I wouldn't mind being like the cool lady on the block where all the kids can come over, you know, right. after school and, you know, have video games and yeah. they place for them to be until their parents came home or whatever I was like but then they go home at the end of the day (laughs) and they were like okay but what about getting married and I was like "Eh, I don't really need that either (laughs) and I remember looking at both our houses and I remember saying but if I got married I would want two houses next door yeah and we just build a bridge over the driveway (laughs) <laughs> so he would have his place and I would have our, my place. And then we could just go back and forth a couple of times a week, but I need my own space. And they mm-hmm. literally thought, and I was 10. So this, this is the eighties, right? This is like 1985. <laughs> and they just looked at me like, we don't know where she came from. <laughs> we don't understand. And even in my, I was in a relationship for 18 years mm-hmm. and the, when are you getting when are you getting married? When are you going to have a baby? I know. Oh my God. I'm not. Yeah. Right? And the bad part was like, everyone blamed him for us not getting married. And he's oh. like, he doesn't want to. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm good. You know, I'm good. Yeah. So yeah. I oh. hate questions about having kids. Like, it's just so invasive. It is. It's like, you just, you just don't need to ask that. Like, particularly with, it sounds like you and I are on the same page. Like I was always very vocal about not having them. And so it was like, why are you asking me? Like, you think I'm going to wake up tomorrow and magically have that mother gene or whatever it is that like, it just, cause I, you know, and I had a lot of friends growing up who also, that was the, like, they wanted to be a mother more than anything in the world. I think that's amazing. It is. It's we so- need people to move the human race forward. Obviously. Oh. Yes. Go yes. multiply. Yes. You know. Um, but I just, I just don't think we should punish girls for wanting something different. Absolutely. Totally agree. Totally. And I think that should be nourished and nurtured as much as it is for, you know, boys. Absolutely. You know, I feel like it's just, there's such a double standard there with like pushing boys to like be assertive and, and, and do things outside the box and stuff. But then with girls, it's like, oh no, you have to like smile and you have to be polite, no matter if you want to be polite and you have to do this and you have to do that. And it's like, actually, no. <laughs> right. Actually, I don't have to do any of that. You don't. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. I don't really fit into many of the so-called like female boxes. Yeah. Really, like yeah. I'm very, very vocal. Wow. very opinionated. Um, mm-hmm. I cuss like a sailor. You know, <laughs> things that are not quote unquote feminine, right? Right, um, right. You know, you piss me off enough. I will fight. <laughs> like I'm not above, you know, right. um, put your hands on me. It's a whole problem. Just going <laughs> to let you know right now. You know what I mean? I'm very protective of my little sister and my niece. <laughs> sure. yeah. my, my little sister is 43. So oh. <laughs> end of April. So she isn't really needing me to fight her battles anymore. Right. But you know, I'm the older sister. This is what but you're do. loyal. You're right. loyal. And I'm the same way. Like I'm a Taurus and the people in my circle, so she I, I will throw down for you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yep. hundred mm. percent. Um, so yeah, I've never really fit the mold, you know, just 
moving around, you know, from Atlanta to New York, back here, you know, I've traveled all over the place, traveled by myself, went on vacations by myself. No one understood, like, why do you want to go to a tropical island by yourself? <laughs> because I need a break from people. Because <laughs> I need a break from people. And because I like my own company. Yeah. It's very rare that I get bored. Occasionally it happens, but yeah. there's always something to read or to listen to music or go for a walk or whatever. Like, I don't need people to entertain me. I'm yeah. male. I have also traveled alone before. My, it's funny. My, I wasn't fully alone. I had my dog with me, but <laughs> we took a four week road trip out West and it was so amazing. My mother, we had such a strange, weird, odd relationship. Like love her. I absolutely loved her dearly, dearly, of course. But she did not agree with anything that I ever did. <laughs> didn't understand why I couldn't be more like so-and-so's kid. You know, why Why are you always having to do these things? So I was actually married at the time. I'm divorced now. And I, I was like, I worked for a school district at the time. I was the technology support manager for a school district. And I was like, yeah, I'm taking off this summer when... I have all this free time. Um, my husband could not get off work at the time. And I was like, love ya, but I'm, I'm heading out West for a right. month. Uh, I visited some family out there and stuff, but like my mom was so upset with me for leaving. How dare you abandon your husband? How will he survive? Like he's a grown ass man. Right. I'm like, he's a grown ass man. What? <laughs> he, uh. he can take care of himself just fine, but I'm, fairly certain she like went over there and like cleaned the condo while I was gone I'm just like like I just don't want any part of that like that is not who I am as a woman no mm -mm. I'm all about you know even when I was working from home in Brooklyn um I had a house cleaner I had groceries delivered when I could like so when the pandemic hit and everyone was like oh I have to have groceries delivered I'm like honey I've been doing that for like since 2010 same okay. Same. You know, I used to have someone come to my house and do my manicures and pedicures, wax. Like, I'm all about convenience. Yeah. All about self-care and all about convenience. I will hire out whatever I don't want to do or whatever I don't like to do. My mom, you know, my ex-boyfriend and my mom were like, but you're home all day. Why can't you clean your own house? Because I don't want to. Exactly. Because I'd rather use my that time and energy to do something else. And because I can afford to hire someone else. And I also looked at it as though um, the people that I'm hiring, I'm helping them put food on their table, helping them take care of their kids and their expenses and things that they want to do. So why not spread, spread it around? And, and the more that women do this and shatter those glass ceilings of expectations that women have to, well, you can go out and have a career, but you also have to take care of the house. You have to clean everything. You have to be responsible for the groceries. You have to be responsible for the finances and paying all the bills. You have to be responsible for taking care of everybody and making sure everybody's like, no, no, I don't like, absolutely not. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you on the whole, like I was getting groceries delivered before the pandemic even hit. I was like, like my rates start at $55 an hour. Like why, why am I going to waste an hour and a half of my time being around people that I don't want to be around. Great. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Like, like I'm just not doing... about that. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. So mm, I have a trainer now that comes to my house to work out three times a week because I don't want to go to the gym. I, I mean, I've had trainers, you know, for years. So I know what to do, yeah. but I'd like someone to not, I don't have to, I don't have to think about it. He shows, tells me what to do. 
I do it. I'm good. He goes home. Like, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to drive anywhere. I don't have to go anywhere. It's just easy and it's convenient and it works for me. It works for him. Why do y'all care? What yeah. I'm doing? You know, well, like we should be allowed when we see an area in our life where we feel like we need support that like, why make us feel bad for that when we should be congratulating each other for doing that? Be like, you know what? I think that's great that you saw there was an area in your life where you needed support and you went out and gave yourself that support. I think that is the most beautiful thing any woman can ever do for themselves, whether they are a business owner or not. Seeing that you need an air somewhere in your life where you need some extra support because you're feeling a certain way about it. Don't ever, ever feel bad for going out and getting that support. Absolutely. I, I have like, the past few years I have invested in my business in different ways. And this year, you know, I, I feel like we are all born with like money blocks and I had some, oh, some newsies <laughs> and I always would tell, I mean, it was so bad that like, I would remember thinking it's so laughable, but I, I would finish a, a jar of spices, like, like saffron or something, maybe one of the more expensive ones. And I would be like, Oh my God, as soon as that's out, I won't be able to afford another one. And it's like, <laughs> it's a jar of spice. Right. And so I've started this year. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start supporting myself where I need the support. And I'm going to see how that changes my life. And I've like, I joined, um, Kara Allwell's iconic, which is where we met joined that I've hired. I'm in a business mastermind. Um, and I have just started giving myself support in the areas that I'm needed. I feel so uplifted at all times. It's amazing. It is amazing. So for the first six years of my coaching business, I did all the social media myself mm. and I didn't know that it was okay to repurpose content. So I basically <laughs> created new content I know. every day for like six years. And by the time the pandemic hit in 2020 and like business kind of dried up because people weren't sure about what they were going to have a job or, you know, yeah. one person in the families got laid off or got fired or whatever. And so I was burnt out mentally, uh-huh. emotionally from just what to post today, what to write today, what yeah. live stream to do. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to take this as an opportunity to take a break. Yeah. Business on the side. So I kind of like put the coaching business on the side. And then of course, like two weeks after like not having the business being active, I was like, well, I'm bored now. <laughs> and I decided to go to get my master's. So I'm halfway through a master's program at Johns Hopkins. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, that's the beautiful thing about having your own business. You get to make those decisions. You get to, if you don't like where your business is at the moment, guess what? You can pivot. You can change. You can stop going the direction you were going and go a completely different direction. And I think that's the most amazing thing. It gives us so much freedom having that power as a business owner. Yes. And I didn't even realize how much I needed it until... I had it and realized like, oh, my nervous system feels so much better. It feels so much more calm and at peace. And then last year, so around April, 2021, I decided like, okay, I'm ready to dive back in. Um, And I realized, but when I go back this time, I'm not doing it the same. I cannot go back to being responsible for social media all on my own. So I hired an agency to help me. And we're doing my social media for a while. Um, but that particular agency wasn't 
the right fit. And so I had met this other woman um, and I reconnected with her and she is like, oh my God, she's my soul twin. She understands me. She gets my work. She thinks like I think. She has the same like values um, as I do. And she repurposes a lot of like, she was like, you have years of content that I can repurpose. She was like, this is by far the easiest job. You're the easiest client I have. She was like, cause you have so much content that, you know, she'll take some of, like she'll take three or four posts and like take words from here and there and there, like put them all together into a single post. So they are my words um, just with a different picture and whatever. Um, And I have to tell you, she and my trainer are the two people in my life right now I cannot do without. I love that so much. As a social media agency myself, like I, I seriously, I totally get it. It's like oh I, all of my clients think that once they post something, it can never be posted again. And it's like, what? Don't have them the wheel. What is like, no. It felt like cheating. It felt like cheating. I know. I get it. I get it. You literally do think, oh, once it's posted, that's, that's all I can ever, like, we can never redo that again. It's like, oh my God, no. I know. Um, so it's I love so- that. I'm so glad that, you know, you saw that need for yourself and you went after it because hiring the right people in our businesses is absolutely game change. It's everything. It is. Yeah. I, I doubt I would be and like, you know, there are moments where you said like money blocks, right? I still have them. Um, and not only does she like repurpose my content, you know, she coaches me through some of that, like, okay, wait a minute, we're in the middle of the launch. We are not having those thoughts. Like, let's, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Um, and yeah, like, I, I don't think I would still be here if it wasn't for having someone like her. Yeah. She's just taking so much weight off my shoulders and I enjoy my work now right? Like I enjoy showing up on social media and in my, you know, so the IG stories I post, because those are just snapshots of like what I'm doing throughout the day. Um, And so I enjoy doing that. Yeah. I enjoy when I do a workshop or a live stream or whatever, a video, it's fun. It's a whole new set of energy because I don't have to worry about all the other, all the other things. Yeah. So much more freeing. Yeah. No, I I love that. Cause it, it does like when we have the right people in our life, the right support in our businesses. It, it makes space for us to enjoy our business again, because at some point during your business, you're going to feel burnt out. And as women, we feel like we feel this such guilt and shame that we have to do it all. And if we don't do it all ourselves, we're cheating. And that's just so wrong. Like it is okay for to ask for help. Please ask for help. So many small businesses fail. And I feel like with women, a lot of that reason is because they, they don't get the support that they need. Right. hundred percent. And to have like a community or some kind of support, you know, if you don't have a huge budget for it, start small. There are so many free Facebook groups out there to join and connect with other people, you know, and it's like, it is just, you know, anyone listening to this or watching this YouTube video right now, if you need support in any area of your life, find it. You are allowed. Okay. This is your permission. You are allowed to ask for help. Absolutely. Get that support. It will change your life. It will. And it allows you, so like the content manager I have, she's like, your job is to stay in your highest vibration. Yes. So yes. let me take care of everything else. Yeah. You focus on your clients. 
you focus on creating, you know, being creative. So creating your new programs or your new whatever, I'm, you know, writing a book and I have all these other little projects going on. Um, She was like, you need energy for those. You need, you know, to be at a certain vibration and you're not going to be there if you're worried about when am I going to post today? You know, responding to all the comments and posting the Facebook groups and like, yeah, she was like, your job is just to be you and to show up being your best self and if I can take all that other stuff off your plate so that you can do that so you have time to wake up in the morning and spend an hour meditating and spend a half an hour journaling and then working out and making a nice breakfast and like getting into the vibration where you need to be so that when you show up for your clients when you show up to do a live stream when you when you do post to your stories or whatever like you're in that that vibe that you need to be in to call in the people that you want to work with. And yeah, it, it is worth every dollar that I pay her every month. It is, you know, how you have bills that you have to pay every month. And some of them you're like, I don't like paying that bill. Um, I know this is necessary, but I don't like that one. Um, when I go to pay her, I'm like, yes, I get to pay Vicky today. Like her services. I love that. Okay. As we finish up this episode, what would be to anyone, any woman who's listening to this right now, what would be your, you know, piece of advice for them if they are wanting to get started with their business? What would you tell them? I would want them to know that it's never going to feel like the right time. Mm -hmm that you're never going to feel like you're completely prepared and that um, you do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Do it without, you do it with all the fear and all the doubts. And then more importantly, I would just tell them, don't try to focus on the whole journey, Mm -hmm. right? Like what the business is going to look like a year from now or three years from now or five years from now. I'm so tired. Can we retire the whole, what's your five-year plan? Like I'm trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing this week. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not <laughs> the shit about like you need a five-year plan. No, you actually don't. Um just focus on what's the first step. Yeah. Just take the first step and then have trust and faith that if this is the right path for you, your next step, you'll you'll know it when you know it. It's a feeling of, oh. I should join this program or, oh, I should hire this support or, oh, I should do nothing and just, you know, be for a minute and let, let whatever's next sort of come to me, but do it with the fear, do it with the doubts um, and do it, not necessarily needing to know how it's all going to work out and just know that it will work out. There yeah. is no failure. It's just feedback that, oh, that, that approach didn't work. Try something new. Yeah. The next time. Exactly. Um, and just keep going. If you enjoy, if you love what you do and you're passionate about what you, what you do, mm-hmm. go for it. Just do it. So much. I always say when people, you know, when women tell me that they're so afraid of failing, I'm like, if you're trying, you're never failing. Right. Some things might not, you know, work out. That's fine. That's not failing. Like you're just, okay. You reevaluate and you change things up and, and you go after a different way. Right. It's really as simple as that. Um, really we make it a lot more complicated than it really needs to be. Um, 
and a lot of it is just the old programming and the limiting belief that we, you know, don't even know we have. And that's the work that I do is helping women sort of understand and uncover what those programs are, what those limiting beliefs are, creating some awareness around them so that they can sort out, oh, wait a minute, this one isn't serving me anymore. It's preventing me from, from starting that business or from going, asking for the promotion or getting out of a relationship that isn't serving me. Um, so breaking through all of those limiting beliefs and those programs, working on self-worth, because that's at the root of a lot of it, why we don't feel, why we don't go after the things we want is because on some level, we don't feel like we can, like we're worthy of it. Um, and sort of helping women uncover and heal all of those things so that they can feel like, yeah, wait a minute, I'm, I'm worthy of this. I'm worthy of massive income and freedom and joy and inner peace and good relationships and fun. Um, and you know, it's available to all of us, not just celebrities and actors and athletes. Yeah. Every one of us can have that level of success. Every single one of us can achieve. We are limitless beings. Like nothing we cannot achieve. Nothing. And I think the work you're doing is just so important. And uh, Shaniri, I'm so happy that you came on today. Thank you so very much. I, I'm going to plug all of the information for your business in in the, the podcast. And I will also be sharing this on um, my account on Instagram and Facebook and also on my YouTube channel. So please uh, make sure you follow her and follow her journey. Um, she's, I mean, just the short time that I've been following you, you're just very inspiring. So I, again, thank you so much for coming on and until next time. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. I've enjoyed every moment. Thank you. Thanks.